0: antarctica is just one chapter of this story that's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years so antarctica was a a big reveal for mankind and they covered that up basically and that's where nasa came in and all of the other nasa equivalent agencies uh, they're all working together and uh, that's why it's a massive evidence that the governments of the world are all falling directly in line under satan's biggest deception
1: Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. That of course was Dustin Nemos. And you know that word I like to use, woo? Well, when we have a conversation about woo these days, it really should include all the lies of the deep state, including a bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine that they say is safe and effective, including a southern border that's wide open that they say is secure. Including war after war after war, always based on a false flag, and don't even get me started about the weather weapons and the geoengineering. Friends, every single day we're surrounded by woo from the deep state. Well, here's a conversation about the truth and the reality of Antarctica and what they're hiding from you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Hey, friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thank you so very much for coming on back to the show. Guys, with so much tumult happening around the world, from Gaza to what happened in Acapulco, what's next? War with China over Taiwan? We're going to take a little bit of a break today, but guess what? We'll probably come a bit full circle here about the true nature of the world in which we live and our hidden history. What you're looking at right now is Antarctica. A little search over on BitChute or Rumble for the words Antarctica brings up all sorts of interesting things. Maybe a hidden history that none of you know very much about. Certainly I didn't know much about it. Is that Admiral Byrd's ship? Who was Admiral Byrd? What is the truth about Antarctica? Is it far bigger than we're being told? Is it an ice wall that surrounds this entire thing we live on? I don't know about that, but I think our guest Dustin Nemos will have quite a few things to say. His website is the theserapeum.com, and Dustin joins us right now. Dustin, what do you make of these pictures we're looking at of Antarctica? They're certainly not shared in school books to children these days, are they?
0: Well, what it is, is it's absolute proof um, that the governments of the world are very interested in this big hunk of ice that we're not allowed to visit under threat of death or imprisonment. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a good kickoff to uh, the topic of Admiral Byrd and Antarctica and kind of the mysteries that lie down there.
1: In a minute, if I can, perhaps while you're talking, I'll do a search for an image I shared on my own laptop. It's sitting on the desktop somewhere, my messy desktop. And it's an image of what appears to be three pyramids taken from high above, high altitude, but it's almost undeniable that there are pyramids on Antarctica. By the way, that ship we just saw, what do you suppose that is? Is that the Admiral Byrd exploration? What do you make of that ship we keep seeing in these photos?
0: There were so many expeditions. I would not be able to visually identify the ship uh, individually. There was like the Cook Expedition, the Challenger Expedition. Um, there was the Ross Expedition. There were so many that, that tried to circumvent, uh, circumnavigate uh, the so-called allegedly 12,000 or so miles uh, circumference around the, the South Pole. But in reality, they went about 60,000 miles and still didn't complete it. And then they gave up. Um, there, there has never been a successful circumnavigation of Antarctica. Uh, it's always too far too big and they 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 circle the entire world and all six continents beforehand uh, you know admiral Byrd is a great uh is a great kickoff but what we're going to go into today is' going to not only, Prove the flood, which is where the ice of Antarctica came from much later in human history. It was not there for billions and billions of years. Um, there's all sorts of ruins and there's all sorts of things that are underneath that ice. There's even old maps depicting dinosaurs and other things that were there before the ice hit, <clears throat> such as the map of the Sea Kings and others. So we can go down so many rabbit holes on this, but it all leads back to the modern deep state, the modern fake science, modern fake news, and exactly what's happening over in the Middle East right now. It's all connected.
1: Well, if these pictures are to be believed, there was a flourishing culture of people that must have lived in Antarctica, a civilization that we're not being told about. And maybe we'll get there in this conversation with Dustin. But uh, first, one of the things that keeps people coming back to this topic, Dustin, is the fact that there is a treaty among nations that prevents any of us from going there and exploring it. Don't you find that a little strange?
0: Yeah, yeah, the Antarctic Treaty, um, and basically that is itself absolute proof that at least a large number of the most powerful governments of our world are working together to keep one of the greatest deceptions ever, uh, one of the greatest truths ever, uh, basically uh, on the human masses. They they want us to not believe in God, so they're continuing to fake a globe Earth, despite having all the physical evidence that it's not a globe, despite having hit the firmament itself when they were looking for. Uh, secret military bases from the Nazis and such during Operation Deep Freeze, and they uh, they basically were out there just trying to establish dominance, scouting for enemies. And when they the, the dust settled, and there was a lot of drama. There was a uh-huh. secret war between the Nazis and and the British uh, Navy in Antarctica. People don't know about. There are pyramids under the ice, like you talk about. There uh, have been so many expeditions. There was a there was a war fought. Uh, under admiral bird with a huge contingency of our naval uh, military down there and we got our butts kicked by ships that are too fast for us to fight back against <clears throat> that were flying around shaped like a disc so there's really a lot of context down there even before you get into modern like uh you know the the, the deep space technology or the secret space technology or the military uh so-called secret space projects and such which as we know, space is a complete lie. It's a fiction. And, and, and the Antarctic saga is a big part of the story of that. It's a big chapter of the story of why and how and when and who faked the shape of the earth as a globe in order to, to break, basically break faith in God. That's why they brought us evolution. That's why they brought us the globe earth, which stems back to Rome. It stems back to Cardinal Wolsey's learning against learning, which was a papal approved um, strategy to fake news the hell out of us in science. And that's where we get modern scientism, global warming, climate change, evolution, vaccine science, all of this stuff. It's just basically fake science that does not hold up to actual scientific method.
1: Well, I'll give you screen share capability so you can take us wherever you'd like in this conversation. But for those listening who cling bitterly to the 24,900 mile globe math, of course, that's Copernicus math. That's NASA's math. That's the official math. It's not your math or my math. I like to say I'm a globe, as we're told, skeptic after doing considerable research into that particular area. But does one have to be a biblical Earth believer like you are versus a globe head to have this conversation at all? Or can this conversation appeal to those who cling bitterly to that official math?
0: I think uh, this conversation should appeal to everyone, no matter your belief or background. Um, it's, it's more secrets the government's keeping from all of us, and these secrets are going to affect all of us. Um, some of it has to do with advanced technology they're keeping secret that they're going to blame on aliens later. And that's going back into the whole fake alien invasion nonsense that they're pulling soon. Uh, they're not aliens, they're fallen angels. Genesis six. And then there's also going to be aspects of this, like uh, massive resources that Admiral Byrd talked about, for example, uh, quote, strangely enough, there is an area left in the world today, an area as big of uh, as the United States. That's never been seen by a human being. Now he was a famous Arctic explorer. He was flying around all over the pole, so-called poles. There's only a North pole. There's a center. There's no South pole. That's the edge of the plate. Uh, in essence, he was basically the most uh, uh, famous and advanced arctic explorer ever so this is the guy that the u.s government chose to explore these dangerous and frosty areas of the planet that no one's been to in living memory i mean people have been there but you know according to modern history and such no one's ever seen this it's not been seen by a human being and all that right so he's down there talking on live television on uh on the united states media uh, back in the day and i think that i don't remember it was back in the black and white tv era and he was talking about mountains of coal big enough to power the world for the foreseeable future, the whole world. Uh, this is the kind of resources that they're holding back from us that we're not even allowed to explore on this basically unclaimed chunk of barren ice at the edge of the world. So there's obviously reasons they don't want us down there. They're they're hiding something that we should know about that we should want to know about. But there are bigger implications into this, like you know the history of of what happened in Antarctica. I'm gonna I'm gonna refer through this chat to my Antarctica the outer space within the ice wall surrounding our world. Um, And and this is the, this is the outer space. When they talk about outer space, this is the only real outer space we have. And strangely enough, when, when uh, Admiral Byrd said these things on live television, it's about the same time. They started to spin up NASA and the fake moon landing and such, and basically just tried to um, pull us into a different arena of exploration. They wanted us to explore space, not Antarctica, anything but Antarctica. And that was sort of the theme. So they really started a, a propaganda campaign after they discovered physical proof of the firmament, physical proof of the edge of the world uh, that they could not bypass, that they suddenly started to be um, very concerned with proving space to us. They started NASA and its equivalent outfits around the world, the symbol of which is a serpent's tongue speaking through a flat disk. Uh, all of them, same symbol, just variations of it, same symbol, though. So you know that tells you all you need to know right there. But going forward, they faked moon landing. They started to fake all this propaganda. They're still faking it today. They're still doing it just as badly, in my opinion, today with harnesses and bubbles and drowning events and CGI and dropping things, all of these things that they ha- that happens with their so-called ISS and their space missions, all named after pagan deities and such. So, you know, it's basically a Freemason guild of actors. They're not very good actors, but they're, uh, they're liars and they'll stick to the lie for the most part. Just look up the videos like... Um, uh, astronauts Gone Wild. That's a great one. Anyway, so so going back over to um, sort of the, the, the events that led us up to modern history, there were many expeditions, um, the Discovery Expedition, the Goss Expedition, the Swedish Antarctic Expedition. Uh, if you really want to go down some of the side rabbit holes, there was a, a war between the Nazis founding New Schwabenland, which was sort of a secret military base, and the British chasing them down. Um, and that was sort of hush-hushed. Um, there was uh, uh, battles that happened in that. There were other things that happened also. Um, for example, the, the Nimrod expedition between 1907 and 1909. This is where it really caught my attention because Nimrod, as some of you may know, is a, is a name from the Bible. It's a, a, a name that's big in the occult. The Freemasons basically worship Nimrod or want to be like Nimrod. And he's their their king and their, their royal king, basically underworld occult king. Uh, he's the opposite or antithesis figure to Jesus Christ, the savior. Uh, when the Bible says he who was and is not and will be, it's referring to Nimrod, the antichrist, the son of perdition, the guy who built the tower of Babel, who was and is currently not, but yet will be in the, in the aspect that he's going to come back from the dead and fulfill every pagan mythology on earth all at once, because it's all the same guy with different names because they were babbled. That's a lot to take in. Um, <clears throat> feel free to stop me, ask questions, challenge me on any of this. But with that context, you know, Nimrod being this very important name and figure when someone takes a Nimrod expedition on a boat called the Nimrod and settles at Point Nimrod in Antarctica, which is a place you can still find actually um, uh, in the furthest south of um, Google Maps and such. You can look at it and read the little notes and such about the Nimrod expedition. Basically, it caught my attention. Now, this basically is, is proof that the occult people were already looking for something down there anyway. We don't necessarily know what, but we know that people who were into the occult and into these secret society type uh, names were looking for something in Antarctica. I've got images from that, but that's really not the biggest part of this. This is kind of where it starts. That just shows that they already knew something before governments got there at all, because that was in 1908. And, um, and they were trying for a while before that even happened. Now, and, and back then, it's a huge risk to your life to do this. I mean, you're, you're probably not coming back. <clears throat> now, Operation High Jump happened way later with Admiral Byrd, 1946, and uh, that was basically when they discovered the ice wall. When they had to high jump over the 200-foot uh, sheer cliff ice wall uh, in order to get onto Antarctica's land. And then there was 1955, nine years later, Operation Deep Freeze, where they were looking for places to put up military bases and such. And then that's where they discovered the firmament I would argue. Um, and then after that they started to try to nuke it with operation fishbowl mm-hmm. and operation Dominic. If you can see the symbolism for those right there. Um, I'll try to enlarge that a little bit so you can see it better, but the symbolism is basically a nuke and then, um, something similar to an exploding lightning bolt with clouds. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Basically that's the symbolism in 1962 for operations Fishbowl and Dominic. Now Dominic is of the Lord or of God if you translate it. So it's basically saying fishbowl of God as they're trying to nuke the fishbowl of God constantly over and over and over for over a decade with big bombs bigger than they dropped on Japan constantly going up into the atmosphere. There's videos of this it's a fairly famous um, you know conspiracy. But, you know, settling back into the timeline, 1955, Operation Deep Freeze. Then three years after they found the firmament, they realized there's absolute proof of God. Mankind is gonna turn against us. Mankind's gonna wake up. So they founded NASA. They put together the biggest space propaganda outfit ever conceived, at least on this side of the flood. And they started to speak through the symbolism of the forked tongue through the disc that uh, we're on a globe earth, uh, a cannonball covered in water where we can barely feel the breeze go by as we shoot through space with a shotgun blast of all sorts of various planetoids and gas and exploding things behind us. And it all just sort of works and lines up and Polaris lines up every year, the same spot. And, you know, we don't blow off the surface of the planet. All of the water doesn't just fall behind it. It's not like a, a comet or anything where most of the oceans at the back, like a teardrop or a tail or something. None of that stuff happens, but that's what they tell us. That's what we uh, should believe in their 666 math science none of it checks out according to actual scientific method that's why i call myself a scientific fundamentalist these days it triggers the hell out of them but basically the firmament is the van Allen radiation belt the stuff that they used to tell us they could not get through and live but now suddenly everybody's just flying through it all the time we well, let me just to... pause you there. Yeah, I, you know,
1: I've never heard that, that the firmament is the Van Allen belts, and I might dispute that. So the Van Allen radiation belts, which NASA claims that they successfully sent men through safely when we went to the moon back in 69, 70, 71, I can assure you that didn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. By the way, when Neil Armstrong stepped off the lunar lander, who set up the camera to film that first shot? There's a foot coming down. There he is. There's a foot coming down the steps. Who's shooting that video of him stepping off the lunar lander? I mean, come on, guys. This is stuff a child could figure out. And I think many children have just because they're curious. And when they're presented with incredibly dubious information as children, they tend to question it. But we as adults who've been indoctrinated into it a lot of times... We lose our curiosity and our ability to question. So, just an observation. I'd never heard that though. That the firmament is the Van Allen radiation belts. Certainly, it could be something else. Correct?
0: Yeah, I'm speculating there. Uh, but we have an. In, basically, they're both impassable barriers. Now, suddenly, NASA says that they can get past it. More modern science, but even as late as 2015, you know, just eight years ago, we had scientists uh, quoted as saying we can't go past just the atmosphere of Earth. Um, and, and you know, none of their, all of their so-called science is full of lies and it falls apart with scrutiny at all, just like evolution. But certainly their lies contradict one another. If you just listen to what they say, you can use their own words to debunk them. You can use their own footage to debunk them. You don't have to just deep dive on conspiracy websites. Just ask good questions and pay close attention and compare and contrast. And you'll see all sorts of lies that become self-evident.
1: Yeah. Well, um, if I could, you know, I mentioned kids. Yeah. Let's watch a clip from a show that uh, is essentially made for adults, but looks like it's made for kids, The Simpsons. There's uh, Stanley Kubrick working away (laughs) on his film editor with A Clockwork Yellow Dailies. And right below that, the canister of film from the fake moon landing. You got to love The Simpsons. Let's watch a little bit of this as Mm. they deconstruct reality that's uh, shoveled down our throats every day.
0: Wow. Do you know what that means? A Clockwork Yellow?
1: Yeah, Clockwork Orange. It's a play, but... What does it mean specifically to this show? Do you
0: think uh, it's a daily and they're putting dailies underneath it. That's a daily dose of being clockwork orange in your head by watching the yellow show. Apparently, oh, Good
1: point. Oh, that's an interesting point. Um, you got to love this too, because they dismantle uh, the Apollo missions as well in this clip. Nice. So it's a sci-fi expo all the kids showing up to support their favorite sci-fi shows. And there's Neil Armstrong. Yeah.
2: This man has actually been in outer space. Nobody cares. This is one small step towards firing your ass.
1: All right, I think we get the point. Uh, but I think that is true. It's all science fiction, right? We should remind people that uh, NASA, they were working with Walt Disney. They were working with uh, Jack Parsons, right? Somebody who was into the occult. And believe it or not, they were working with L. Ron Hubbard the guy behind Scientology in the early days of NASA. You can't make this stuff up, guys. That's the truth. Yeah,
0: And those those guys play a fairly integral part of this uh, scheme as well. We could go into, you know, Jack Parsons, no scientific or engineering background, and yet he suddenly fathered modern rocketry with all of the rockets that they used to fake science and space and such and, uh, and other things. You know, I, we, there's so many segues because it truly is all interconnected in a big circle. But trying to keep, myself to the 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 theme there because i do tend to rant 1959 immediately after um, nasa was established one year later uh these uh governments came together and had the antarctic treaty and said people can't go here ever basically and they will kill you or shoot you down or arrest you if you try Uh, i think it's a 60th or 80th parallel Uh, they won't let you go past it you'll see things you know that, that you're not supposed to see If you want to visit Antarctica, you have to pay a lot of money and you can visit like a tiny little slice in a controlled tourist package. And if you go beyond it, uh, there will be soldiers or planes or bombs that show up to you. Now, uh, we already talked about 1962 Operation Fishbowl of God. Um, So now let's go straight to 1969, Apollo 11, uh, Apollo being another name for Nimrod, the Apollo 11 fake moon landing, which everybody knows is already fake. If you've done any research, that's pretty much number one conspiracy that many people come to. Um, it's fairly inoffensive at this point. So I think it's a fairly safe conspiracy that people can get get behind, so to speak, without having to take any risks. I think that's why it's one of the popular ones. that's stuck, but, you know, it's one of the many that come back to a circle. Anyway, so there's many aspects of this. I just want people to realize that, you know, this is the timeline of the hidden history of Antarctica. Now, um, there's more to it than just this, uh, but this is sort of the context. The government's there. They're looking into things. They found something they don't want us to know about it. They've blocked the world from going there and they start faking space immediately afterwards. So, um, you know, and and for, for example, I say they fake space that it goes back to the flat biblical earth. I don't, you know, we don't have to segue into that as much. Feel free to challenge me or ask questions, but basically um, there is zero evidence, zero evidence whatsoever for a globe earth, zero evidence for a heliocentric earth where we're spinning around the sun instead of, uh, the sun's spinning around us and there's zero evidence for any movement of the earth. There's zero evidence that holds up to scrutiny for any sort of uh, ancient earth or deep time beyond six, seven, eight, ten thousand 10,000 years ish. Uh, I believe 6,000 years ish, just like the Bible says, holds up to scrutiny. That's what the genetics say. That's what uh, all the evidence archeologically and etymologically say, but they tell us deep time. They use you know many, many, many zeros at the end of things to try to justify a animal or a fish swimming out of the ocean, dragging calls, uh, claws and paws and wings behind it for millions of years until it suddenly becomes useful and figures out how to use them. And then snaps into something like a modern animal that doesn't make any sense. Evolution's debunked, um, irreducible complexity alone debunks it, but the lack of deep time also debunks it. Um, it's never happened. There's no missing link. So basically you have this package of fake science all rolled together, reinforcing this anti-God narrative that, um, we're alone in a universe that doesn't care about us. At worst, and at best, there's aliens that made us. So uh, they don't want to accept that there's a god, despite all of the evidence pointing toward it. Uh, yeah. The map. A lot of people like in the in the flat Earth community like to use a false map. It's the best one that they got. It's what the government uses. It's the USGS map. It's the UN logo. People recognize it. It's kind of accurate, um, but it's not really. There's a huge ocean between, for example, uh, Russia and Alaska where there would not be. People windsurf across there all the time. It's just a couple miles. Um, so basically it's a little bit too stretch, stretched. This is a globe being stretched flat. It's not the right uh, map to use, but it's more accurate than what we're being told is uh, the official maps of today. And that's why they keep changing the size of the geography. The, ma- the map issue is a completely different segue. The maps are completely inaccurate, what we've been taught. This is making its way into modern TV shows. But I also I want I made a claim earlier and I wanted to to back it up also real fast that the Antarctic ice was a result of the flood. Now, many people haven't really studied flood science, but I think what makes the most sense is something called. um, I can't remember the official scientific term for it off the top of my head right now, but it's basically where the flood erupted from the waters uh, below and the ocean ridges that we still see like mountain chains down there venting hot water. And those parallel the mountain chain above ground. So it's almost as though this eruption happened, pushed the land up and outward and created uh, a mountain ridge underwater and then parallel mountain ridges above ground, just kind of a crumpling effect. And then uh, the water erupted into the upper atmosphere, hitting the, the cold parts, and then came back down and hit the edge with pure ice instantly, which froze. For example, here, more than 50 buffalo uh, encres- encrusted in ice while they were still swimming. That's how fast it hit um, some of these places. So you basically had a giant wall of cold coming from the upper atmosphere of the firmament down to the edges of the world after this massive eruption, vol- water volcano, if you will, uh, from the waters below in the flood. And this is what ended all life on earth except for what was on the ark. And this is what left all of these animals around the world with a you know, flash frozen while they were swimming or fighting or or flying or crawling. And it also left animals in sort of the death pose where mud was in their lungs. Many dinosaurs have been dug up with you know, mud in their lungs in the famous death throw where they're, they're sort of pulling their head back and over because they can't breathe. They're suffocating in the mud. Um, and, and many of them you know died in mid fight. Many of them, in fact, I, I don't want to be vulgar, but some of them had erections still out as if they were having sex mid freeze. Uh, So this is the sort of evidence that a scientist can use to point to sort of a a sudden flash freeze event. And uh, it all goes back to, in my opinion, the flood. Um, And this, this flood is what covered Antarctica, which previously was mapped with life with uh, depictions of things like dinosaurs and other animals and even cities and kingdoms and, and, um, and civilizations in the pre-flood era. Uh, What I sort of refer to as the the pre-Sumerian, age of Atlantis. Sometimes I use that terminology. And they also found, um, for example, in certain places, they found uh, temperate vegetation like redwoods or even uh, tropical wildlife, uh, such as uh, maybe like alligators and such in the flash frozen cold areas as well. So beneath the tundra, there's all sorts of secrets pointing to the ancient world. And there's so much more context here, but I just wanted to sort of um, link it back to the Bible, link it back to the flood, validate that, and explain why we have a frozen rim of the world, Antarctica anyway. And it was not always frozen. It was mapped, all that stuff. So, you know, that that context, I'll stop. If you have any questions, we'll, we'll address those first, but I just wanted to to qualify what I said and not just, you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence as I believe that I don't want people to just trust me or, or anything. I want people to know these things for themselves.
1: Sure. Well, you know, I didn't really uh, jump in there cause I don't have any way to combat anything that you've said uh, in terms of the flood. I always sort of assumed that uh, the flood, the biblical flood could have been God allowing the firmament to open, right? Waters above as below and, uh, And flooded the the world with waters from above uh, via the firmament. And then he made that promise, that covenant to man, that he would never, ever wipe out life on the planet again in that way, which leads people to wonder, what's Mm -hmm. next? I mean, if we spiral into the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, as in the days of Noah, which appears to be where we're headed, what is next? But the bigger picture, in my view, as it pertains to this conversation, guys— is the general idea of a scam. Again, the Simpsons. There's Homer. He's in the House of Scams, the Office of Scams. And what does he spin? The Globe Earth. It's a scam, guys. And the other thing I'd say, uh, as it pertains to even evolution, which Dustin mentioned, that can be a really bitter pill for people who believe officialdom and drank all the Kool-Aid throughout grade school and high school, and then, of course, college. You got to read the book from my friend, author James Perloff, Tornado in a Junkyard. Uh, He's also got one about uh, the case against Darwinism. You got to check this stuff out, guys, because the powers that be want you to believe that you're the result of a random big bang, which is a theory. They can't prove it. They can't prove that there was a big bang from which life sparked. In the beauty of creation resulted that doesn't make any sense especially if you read that book tornado in a junkyard it would be more likely that a tornado could come through an airline junkyard a graveyard for planes and reassemble a perfect boeing 747 that would be more statistically likely than the beauty of creation you see all around you including birds and animals and fish and oceans and butterflies more likely that that tornado could create a Boeing 747, then everything you see around you being created by the Big Bang, right? Yeah. Believing in God, well, it's a leap of faith. Also believing in the Big Bang, an equal leap of faith. In fact, I would say it's far, far, far easier to believe in a loving Creator and a God, Dustin.
0: Yeah, and 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 I'm I'm showing some examples of the hydroplate theory. It's waters above and waters below meeting, but. Um, you know, to, to, to address what you're talking about with the Big Bang theory just quickly, because I've done a lot of research on scientism and its, its uh, origins and agenda. And, you know, the Big Bang itself was based on something called it was a joke. The name was a joke itself, and it stuck, but it was a joke from critics. But the Big Bang itself was based off of something called the nebular hypothesis, which was actually based on seance and ritual. And the guy claimed that the angels gave him the secrets of the evolution of the stars, so, I mean, they're doing occult rituals to get communion with something that's telling them how to deceive us against God and basically faking a narrative of science and, and they're communing with things that are teaching them to fake science us and to fake news us at the highest levels. That's why it goes all back into the elite and their secret society, uh, mystery, Babylon, religion, the child sacrifice, all of it. You're talking about Stanley Kubrick and, you know, we know about why he died and the, the kind of movies that he was making and eyes wide shut. And, and that's basically the, the elite's lifestyle is eyes wide shut with kids and knives and blood and that's basically what they're into it's what they've always been into it's what the bible talks about they've been into and it's what they've been kicked out of 109 countries after being found guilty in courts of law with monarchs involved as a people as a group just kicked out evicted 109 times already just in recent uh history so it's absolutely real they're into it uh, adrenochrome has been around for a long time but even before we called it adrenochrome or had scientific words for it it's just blood magic and they've been into this uh, and this is the human history the, the seed war uh, of the hidden history but back into the science i mean The Big Bang, evolution, you you can debunk these things easily. Evolution, there's no missing links ever in any species, period, and there's no deep time. Also, irreducible complexity. You research those three things, you'll never lose a debate with anybody on evolution, period. Um, In terms of like creationism and such as well, the Big Bang is not a, a debunk of God that people think it is. I mean, God created us in some way you could have said that that's a big bang or maybe god sparked the big bang something cannot come from nothing that defies the, the second law of thermodynamics so-called you know that that's the actual science by the way that's a real science so you know they're basically violating their own laws of science in order to fake science that just sticks if it sticks it works for them that's how it works so they've managed to stick things like gravity Uh, I do believe in up and down. I don't believe water clings to a cannonball shooting through space. That's their version of gravity. I believe in density and buoyancy. Even Newton himself thought gravity was stupid. I can quote him if you like. And he thought no sane person with any sort of background or education would believe it. So he did not want Newton. uh, He did not want gravity ascribed to his name. And he was an alchemist who wrote thousands of, you know, thousands of words on occult uh, ritual and, and alchemy and he died trying to perform ritual alchemy drinking mercury so you, you've got all these so-called scientists that are the foundation of our modern belief system five or six guys who who before them uh we had this aristic, Aristotelian view of the world where everybody still conformed to the biblical worldview everybody on earth it doesn't matter the religion it's a flat world bubble on top god made it it's the center of the universe doesn't move all that but Uh, After Kepler, Galileo, Copernicus, Newton, and a few others, uh, Descartes, for example, suddenly people are believing in the uh, heliocentric uh, globe earth. We're spinning around the sun. Sun worship. Sun is the center of the universe nonsense. And that's kind of what has stuck over the last 500 years or so. Even in the Reformation under Martin Luther, they were fighting the fight because as people were able to read the Bible for themselves, People like Martin Luther standing up to the Catholic Church and their fake news propaganda and their fake science while this battle was still raging hot. And the Catholic Church began to lose so much ground and faith and power over people's minds and hearts and souls and politically as well. Um, There was even a war when the Spanish tried to invade the British over this because they wanted to resubjugate them to the Catholic um, uh, way of life and, and belief system. And before that, Catholics have basically been burning Christians at the stake with their Bible tied around their neck through most of history because they didn't want it to spread. They didn't want people to read the Bible for themselves. So the Roman church, really evil, has always been that way, killing many Christians. But then Tyndale. He published an honest translation of the Bible, not a perfect translation. He did not have access to all of the records and information like the Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff. But he tried. He was a master of six different languages and he he was martyred. He was killed for giving us the English Bible with a printing press. Basically, he had access to mass production and he used it and they killed him for it. And then they still burnt him at the stake after they killed him for it because they hated him so much. They wanted to make an example. But his work is the foundation of the modern English Bibles. That's where they got the King James Bible from. They just stole it from Tyndale without crediting him after he was murdered. And in essence, you start to see people like Luther fight back against the deep state of Rome itself by using the Bible, quoting the Bible, to debunk sorcery or heliocentricity lies. This, this is a lie that we're spinning around the sun. Luther would ask, for example, um, with his writings, he would say, and I'm trying to quote off memory here, he would say, But did not joshua bid the sun to stand still and not the earth i mean that this is an example of how he was debunking their heliocentrism when he was writing against this uh, deception so this has been a fight going on christianity true christianity against the controlled uh fake news fake science fake theology uh deep state of the world for thousands of years hundreds of years and in fact I can even go deeper than that. Newton pulled gravity directly from the Emerald Tablets of Hermes or Thoth. I mean, they're pulling these things. They're pulling heliocentrism from the evolution of the spheres, which is the writings of Hermes. They're, they didn't make up any of it. The, the Pope allowed his favorite occultists and scientists into the, the Medici libraries where all the occult writings were, were kept. Uh, all of the high level like occult. You know, cardinals and bishops and but such were into that. Intelligence would itself have- So uh, that's uh, that's basically a, a short recap of where we get learning against learning, the fake new science. That's where we get heliocentrism and all this stuff, and it all goes back into this this deception to take us away from God. Antarctica is just one chapter of this story that's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. So Antarctica was a, a big reveal for mankind. Look, guys, the world is flat. There's an edge. There's a bubble. And they covered that up basically and that's where nasa came in and all of the other nasa equivalent agencies uh, they're all working together and uh, that's why it's a massive evidence that the governments of the world are all falling directly in line under satan's biggest deception ever
1: well that's right Uh, and uh my guest nathan reynolds who escaped the illuminati reynolds family uh, he says that uh, it's a radical intelligent evil that is in control of this world and the people in control of the world, the rulers of the darkness of this world, will they're beholden to, they worship that radical evil intelligence. You may have heard I was queuing up a soundbite while you were talking there. I just want to support you a little bit, just to remind people that this battle This intellectual battle, this conversation continues to this very day. Uh, They're trying to pull the mask over our eyes, and they've been trying to do that for centuries. So I want to play this clip from Ben Stein's documentary, Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed. At the very end of the documentary, Ben Stein sits down for about a seven or eight-minute interview with avowed atheist and scientist Richard Dawkins. Well, I want to play the last two minutes of that conversation because it's very, very telling that an atheist— A hardcore, ardent atheist like Richard Dawkins, at the end of the conversation, is forced to concede that somehow life had to be sparked here. That first single-cell organism, whatever it was, if you believe in evolution, there had to be a spark of life. Well, where did that spark of life come from? Ben Stein pushes and asks again and again and again. And finally, Richard Dawkins concedes. You won't believe his answer. Check this out details of biochemistry, molecular biology, you might find a signature of some sort of designer. Wait a second. Richard Dawkins thought intelligent design might be a legitimate pursuit? Um, And that designer could well be a higher
0: intelligence from elsewhere in the universe. But that higher intelligence would itself have had to have come about by some explicable
1: or ultimately explicable process It couldn't have just jumped into existence spontaneously that's the point so professor dawkins was not against intelligent design just certain types of designers such as god so the whole point of the documentary is the fact that biblical earth or the biblical account of the creation of earth is no longer allowed to be taught in public schools That's why the documentary is called Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed, because the public schools will only indoctrinate children with the theory of the Big Bang. And by the way, previously in that clip, I should have rewound just a bit further. Richard Dawkins does concede that that spark of life that had to have been right. Something created the first spark of life. He says perhaps it was intelligent design and life was seated here, he says in that interview, by aliens. So that's the point I always like to get to. Dustin. Richard Dawkins wants to believe in aliens more than he's willing to believe in a loving God, the God of the Bible.
0: You know, I, um, I grew up watching people like Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens was my favorite. Um, I mean, the idea was if you debated Christopher Hitchens as a religious person, you were gonna get Hitch slapped because it, he was so good. But really, um, when, you, when you get down to the arguments, when you actually start to study debates, when you start to study both sides of the arguments so that you're prepared for the debates, um, it turns out like people like Dawkins and uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, and Neil deGrasse Tyson are amateur level debatists who really don't have any, um, they're not very good. They have an agenda. They sort of have a lot of controlled debates. They, they sort of have this uh, propaganda outfit pushing their narrative because they're, they're falling in line with the scientism. Um, same thing happens if you, uh, if you push fake news on YouTube, you get promoted. And if you tell the truth, you get demoted and deboosted or something. So it's, it's, sort of like that. Um, of course, most government fund, most funding for the scientific community, almost all of it comes from governments, which hate us and are out to kill us anyway. But, um, you know, I, they're not particularly good debate people and they're not particularly, uh, skilled. They just have a lot of attitude, a lot of emotion, and they have a lot of, um, boosting. So uh, you know, someone who has any sort of uh, background in debate would probably just wreck Dawkins. Uh, in a, I would be happy to do so if anyone wants to, you know, let him know I'm into the debate world as well. Um, and he can bring he can bring Neil deGrasse and he can bring Bill Nye and he can bring whoever else he wants as well. Um, but at the end of the day, a lot of these guys actually do admit that the evidence is in favor of creationism, but they reject it. Uh, I can give you various quotes and such on this from various famous scientists, but. At the end of the day, they just they they don't want to believe specifically in the Hebrew God most of all. But they don't want to believe in God because they reject the idea, and they're just looking for every bit of evidence to comport to their view. And then they reject everything else, such as the existence of giants, the the, the short time period that humanity has been here. We have to have all of this fake science. Um, I, I could probably give you a good example when I find my quote about uh, how. Gravity was invented by Newton, and and how they basically force subscribed it to his name and such. But I'll get to that in a minute. I have so much context on the, the the hidden history of the scientists and like their occult backgrounds, everything. Yeah,
1: well, let me interject. By the way, you know, I mentioned uh, Jack Parsons and those others, uh, Walt Disney, Elron Hubbard. These guys were also very interested in the work of Alistair Crowley, who said he could commune with demons, essentially. Yeah. Uh, they're portrayed as aliens, but really, they were demons. And uh, the other thing I wanted to add is that, uh, um, boy, I was going to tell you something else too, and the uh, thought just escaped me. So continue, Dustin, if I recall, I'll jump back in.
0: You're good. Interrupt any time. I tend to ramble and rant. Uh, so I'm going to try to sort of close down my thoughts. I know we're on a time uh, limit. So Newton himself did not believe in gravity. Um, you can see the quotes right here. I'll, I'll read part of it for those who who are not
1: Oh, I I'm remembered watching. what I was going to say about gravity. That's it. Sure. So gravity, you know, we talked to uh, others about this, David Weiss, uh, Jaronism. Gravity is such a funny construct. They want you to believe that it's powerful enough to keep your feet glued to the earth. But a balloon, a child's balloon filled with air, that, that can escape gravity fairly easily with just a push or the blow of the wind or the blow of the wind. And in addition to that, gravity gravity is so powerful, it can, it can keep the oceans tied to this ball that's spinning through space and time at what? 66,600 miles an hour, we're told? Isn't it something like that, Dustin? The
0: 666 math is what I call it. Yeah. It's filled with it and 33s and things that don't really check out. Um, For example, curvature math, you you can see um, the Alps from 700 miles over the so-called curve of the earth that does not exist from the UK. You can see Chicago's skyline over 60, I think, miles across Lake Michigan. And they call it, you know, all of these examples across the world, uh, you know, lighthouses, mountains, everything, everywhere, just proof for our eyes. There's all sorts of evidences out there that people reject it because what it means is there's a God and there's all sorts of, you know, theological and existential crises that happen in people's Mm -hmm. minds. It's the ultimate cognitive dissonance for an atheist. Well, that's right. What
1: it is, too, what it means is a giant hole blown through their paradigm. Right, The paradigm of the globe earth that they've been indoctrinated to believe since birth. And by the way, it's infrared photography now, which blows a hole in that official 24,900 mile math. That's fixed math. If we live on a ball, a sphere, then the math cannot be changed, right? There is a fall per mile squared that hides things from being seen because of the nature of the ball. However, infrared photography blows a hole in that math. We can now see far, far further than we ought to be able to see if we lived on that specific 24,900-mile ball. And I'm not a flat earther. I'm a globe, as we're told, skeptic. Either this thing is far, far larger than they're telling us, or just the nature of their globe earth is incorrect. It's just that simple. It's their math. It's not my math, Dustin.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm gonna power through a couple quick points. Uh, Newton did not want gravity ascribed to him, yeah. and he said it was quote so great an absurdity, end quote, for anybody to believe really because um, you know it it didn't make sense that gravity would innately impact everything with no other connection or medium. Um, you can pause and read the quote. I want to power through a few more things. Here's the quote from Cardinal Woolsey, "Learning against learning." That was the creation of the official government tactic of fake science news. If you believe in fake news then you know about how it works just apply that to the scientists same thing fake science that's how it works it's called scientism welcome you now have uh, many of the rabbit hole pieces put together but many people who accept fake news reject fake science because it it changes their their religious and theological paradigm and it presents things like accountability and god and and judgment and eternal eternal uh life or death and all these other things and and it's confusing. It's a mess. There's all sorts of different gods that you have to figure out, which is the right one. I mean, as an atheist, when I figured out biblical earth, I knew God was real, but I had no idea which God was. So I had to determine based on the the books and the historical context, which one, and there's only one God and one Bible that have accurate miracles and prophecies just by the hundreds that are always accurate 100% of the time and find detail, hundreds or thousands of years apart every single time. And that is absolute evidence of a divine author to those books or a divine inspiration to those books. Um, here's, for example, some of the symbolism of NASA and it's a, um, comparable agencies, parallel agencies worldwide. Um, pretty much most of the points I wanted to go through, I was going to hit the part about gravity, um, not, not gravity, the part about, um, how they had to create like dark matter and stuff in order to, uh, account for gravity they basically created all these different things because the, the science just doesn't work out because of gravity it was going to make the whole universe suck into nothing and basically dark hole into nothingness so they had to invent other types of things like dark energy and anti-gravity and all this other stuff and it's just getting in the star trek land none of it makes any sense But they had to make this stuff. Otherwise, um, their math and their so-called official science just doesn't work. So they're just leapfrogging, playing hot potato with the truth and whatever sticks, sticks. And so far, this is what has stuck. But, um, you know, there's a great awakening happening in the scientific and the theological communities, just like this happening in the cultural and political world. Um, the same way people are waking up to transgenderism being pushed on their children, people are waking up to false doctrine being pushed in their churches and uh, false science is being pushed in their schools. And, um, it, you know, it just continues on and on and on. And the world is sort of reeling and having this existential crisis and coming to terms with this, rejecting it or not rejecting it. It took me a year to go from hardcore anti-religious atheists who did not believe in God, who had a, a pro-evolution standpoint, who believed in the science... And then come to terms with all of that being fake and, and having, you know, a whole different worldview. I mean, I'm not the type of person to put ego in front of truth, but it still took me a lot of time to get over the, the theological implications. Now I'm like super pro God. They used to laugh at the concept. So, you know, th- there will be changes that occur within a person if they accept the truth. Um, we're, we're sort of balconizing good versus evil and the world's coming into the end times, I believe. So to tie that up, I know we're running out of time. Um, the same group, basically behind the flood when all flesh was corrupted and uh, only Noah was saved because he was pure blood or pure in his generations or genes and Bible talk. The same group that was called the Nephilim in the pre-flood world who God promised in Genesis three fifteen, war between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, that group, uh, the giants that are no longer giant, they're smaller now because of diluting breeding with humanity for thousands of years, That group is our deep state. They're behind the vaccine, they're behind the famine, they're behind the culture wars, they're behind the porn, they're behind both sides of every political uh, group for every Western government, plus Russia and China, at least. They're behind the UN, they're behind what's happening in Gaza right now. Uh, They're pretty much behind all of this and they're also behind people believing in a globe earth. They're behind pretty much every conspiracy that you can imagine, and I'm happy to be challenged on that um, throughout all of human history beginning to end so from the days of Jared when the Nephilim came we have been at war like God promised with the Edomites the Amaleks the uh the Canaanites the Nephilim the Raphaim the all of the different names for these giant tribes that God promised us that we would be at war with God told us that because we refused to kill them all he actually replaced Saul with David because Saul refused to kill them all so uh he told us that because of that in Judges 1 We will be doomed to have them rule over us and subjugate us, and he will not kick them out of our nations anymore, but they will basically be our deep state and punish us and test us whether we will follow his law or not, like our fathers did, right there in Judges 1. I mean, God was warning us that we would have a deep state, that this specific tribe, uh, the Edomites, the the people who are calling themselves Israel right now and bombing babies by mass and faking baby death propaganda, atrocity propaganda, uh, right now, so that they could ethnically cleanse their neighbors who were basically poor widows and children um, whose husbands are mostly already dead from this same group, bombing them throughout their entire lives as a subjugated people, occupied nation. The deep state is the Nephilim and they literally worship Satan. They have literally been kicked out of 109 countries for adrenochrome basically. And my point is trying to connect all things back together, historically, conspiratorially, scientifically, scientifically, culturally it all goes back to this there is a deep state and they are the children of satan literally the nephilim what's left of them what's left of that seed of the serpent genetics Well, it used to be elongated skulls 30 feet tall six fingers and toes on each limb giants with double rows of teeth that used to eat our babies for fun they still do so uh this is this is the end times sort of setting where we find ourselves the great deception in the Bible. I believe that's fake science, scientism, evolution, globe earth, all of it, global warming. I believe that, especially the stuff that breaks faith in God, space and evolution and ancient time and all this deep time, those I call the great deception that the Bible talked about. So we're, we're primed. We're ready. They have a lie for every truth. They people who God's people, the Europeans don't even realize that America is Israel uh, Europe is Israel. The UK is Israel. The 13 lost tribes, of which there are 13, not one, uh, of which fulfilled all of the prophecies 100% that Israel's supposed to fulfill. And specifically, Leviticus 26, 18, right there, tells you the date, 1776. You're going to get your land back. When is that? America. Same well, thing think, with the UK.
1: Well, I think a good litmus test for the Great Awakening is the fact that there are shows like The Simpsons and more importantly, maybe South Park that reveal these things for what they are time and time and time again. Matt Stone and Trey Parker, so brilliant. As we wrap up this conversation, I want to do a screen share, and uh, we'll share just a little bit of levity and good news. This from the account of Elon Musk. The bellwether has sounded. The great awakening from woke has happened after South Park nails the coffin in Disney. Let me scroll down. We're going to play just a clip of this from Colin Rugg on Twitter. Just In, new South Park episode blasts Disney and says all their movies suck now and specifically blames Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy. (laughs) Remarkable. So joining the Pandaverse drops today. Let's watch just a snippet from South Park because you mentioned the trans insanity just briefly in this interview and people are waking up in droves. Dustin, I think these people have pushed and pushed and pushed humanity into a corner and humanity is waking up right quick. Here's South Park.
2: Why are they replacing every single character with someone who is diverse? But then Kennedy's like, it's not our fault, it's because of Kathleen Kennedy. But then Kathleen Kennedy's just like, fuck it, make it more lame. And everyone in town is like, no, please, Kathleen Kennedy, stop ruining everything. But Kathleen Kennedy is all like, put another gay-diverse woman in it, make it more fucking lame. And the Disney stock just keeps going down and down and down. And then Bob Iger is all like, no, no, what's going on with my stock? No, Kathleen Kennedy. (laughs) I saw the Panderstone for the first time a few years ago. Bob Iger took us to the Disney archives and showed us an ancient piece of artificial intelligence that could be used to make the same movies over and over again while appealing to absolutely everyone. The Panderstone worked great for a while, but then came the hate mail. Ugly letters from racists who couldn't stand that some of the Panderstone's rehashes had diverse women characters in the lead. I decided I would show them. I would start making movies to fight all the bigotry in our society. But instead of doing any real work, I turned to the Panderstone. It made things so much easier. Soon I was using the Panderstone over and over again to try and fight all the ugly feedback, which in turn was growing stronger and stronger. But I was fighting with the wrong tool. I used the Panderstone to the point that it became unstable. It opened a portal to multiple universes and something came through. At first, we fought. I tried to send it back to its universe, but it got the upper hand. It was able instead to send me to this universe out of its way so it could thrive in ours. That's actually the best explanation I've heard as to why Disney movies are stuck now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. You got to give him credit for the Panderverse and exposing Kathleen Kennedy, who's ruined the Star Wars franchise. Disney's absolutely destroyed the Star Wars franchise. They destroy everything. They yeah. are the panders, the great pandavers.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and I love how the uh, the Mandalorian show is all about like draining the adrenochrome from Baby Yoda. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we could, we, we I, yeah, I've I've studied some of the like, the narrative behind it. I watched an episode or two. I, I don't really watch TV or anything, but basically, they're hunting down Baby Yoda to drain his liquids. They want to get his Mandalorian blood or whatever, not uh, his uh, his mini chlorians or whatever, so they can get the Jedi power but they're basically trying to, to track down a baby and hurt it and uh, take its blood. At one point they punched the little baby over and over and over. It's little green Yoda baby, but still you're sort of seeing the things that they put into TV now and why they've been kicked out of 109 nations for Dreeny Chrome and such. It's their obsession. It's in most of the movies from fear, Inc to uh, monsters. Uh, what? Well, not fear, Inc, I'm sorry, monsters, Inc to uh, little monster, like the same theme, 30 years apart, 20 years apart, 1980 movie versus like a two thousands movie. And I don't know the release dates exactly, but in Little Monsters, uh, you're basically having monsters torture a baby in a crib with a child helping in order to extract fun or extract fear or blood, adrenochrome, symbolically. And in uh, Monsters, Inc., it's the same thing. They're going through portals to children's rooms to extract fear, and there's like a little measure Thing that fills up like a gas tank when they get enough fear from a baby yeah. by scaring it. This is the sort of thing that it, they're obsessed with. It's in all their movies. That's why I don't watch movies anymore. It's in all their cultures. It's in their TV. It's in their jokes. It's in their parties where they have those uh, cannibal parties. I mean, the elite are not like us, folks. They got there by doing things.
1: There was a video I saw yesterday. Boy, I wish I had it in front of me. I don't think I'll be able to find it again. But it was either an episode of, I think it was The Simpsons, but it was either The Simpsons or South Park. I think it was The Simpsons that, uh, what would it have been? Like, Bart got his driver's license or something. I forget, but one of the characters got some sort of official ID and the address listed on the ID was... A specific address people could then Google, but nobody did. But anyway, that address took you directly to Epstein's Island. The address was on Epstein Island. You can't make it up. They hide this stuff right in front of us. These are really fun people, aren't they? They love to kill babies. They love to eat babies. They love their satanic ritual abuse. They're just a really great, fun group of folks, aren't they?
0: Yeah. And people ask me you know, why one of the biggest uh, atheist debate arguments is the existence of evil. And we can close on this if you want. Um, I, I get this now that I've converted and I have to defend, you know, religion with apologetics and such in these debates, why is evil allowed? Why does God allow babies to be killed? And that's a tough one. Um, but really God promised us, uh, protection only if we follow his law, his old Testament law, that the Jews have taught us that that's only for them, although they've never followed it And their book, the Talmud teaches them the opposite. Now we abandon that he, every single time throughout the Bible, when God's people abandon his law, he abandons them to usually the Jews and in Judges 1 he says because you failed to kill all the Jews the uh, Amalekites the Canaanites the God says leave nothing alive he took Saul's kingship and he gave it to David and he also said that because you didn't kick them out they're going to be within your nations and uh, I'm not going to drive them out and they're going to rule over you and basically cause you to sin and uh, go astray and they'll test you this will be my punishment and test will you follow my law uh, the way that your fathers did. And right there in Judges 1, Jesus himself tells us as well, when he's confronting the Pharisees, that essentially in the context right there, uh, when they say that they're not from uh they've never been enslaved before, they're telling on themselves they're not actually of the tribes of Egypt. They claim to be from Abraham, but never having been enslaved. The tribes were enslaved in Egypt. So they're admitting that they're not the tribes. So Jesus is calling out the seed of the serpent, children of Satan. Uh, generation of vipers where uh, he says, where I go, you cannot follow to them because they're damned. They have no salvation. And he's calling them out saying, you're not actual Israelites, but you're pretending to be. You're, you're infiltrating the religion. You're infiltrating the government and leading my people astray, teaching the tradition of the elders, which is what Jesus called the Talmud because it hadn't been published yet. Now it's published. They have a name for it. It's called the Talmud. That is the tradition of the elders. And in the Talmud, they say they have to kill us, enslave us, uh, outlaw Christianity, kill all Christians, kill all white people, enslave browns and yellows. They say that Jesus is a sorcerer who raped his donkey and boils in semen in hell. I mean, they say some pretty horrible things. Uh, and they teach that if we are to read their uh, Talmud, that we're supposed to be put to death.
1: Well, like I said, a fun group of people. Guys, here's yeah. the website. If you want to learn more, theserapeum.com. Dustin, I know you've got the sleep aids here and uh, some good products over there at Red Pill Living. How do people support you?
0: Um, you know, we have some incredible, uh, a small stock. It's a niche boutique type store, but a small stock of really high value products. I mean, the sleep aid is, is fun, but it's not, uh, over the counter. It's not like the non-prescription or prescription type. It's not liver toxic. It's food-based. It's just herb-based, but it's very powerful. Uh, it puts you right out. Um, without the liver toxicity or side effects. And you can see other products that we have are the same type of quality. It's the stuff that I have been taking most of my life and still teach people that is great for you. Um, But when they started to censor me and ban me on YouTube, we started the vitamin store to to fund the news and to fund the mission and the ministry and the message, so to speak. So now we basically do so kind of like InfoWars. We we sell quality vitamins. I don't know about theirs, but ours are incredible. And, um, you know, these things work. Um, I love them. I swear by them and, you know, support us that way or through donations Just share the links, whatever. Thank you for uh, for having me on, Sean.
1: Yeah, you bet. Uh, I couldn't more highly recommend the liposomal vitamins, vitamin C in particular. You guys can check that out at redpillliving.com. Free shipping on orders of forty five dollars or more. Our guest has been Dustin Nemos. Dustin, thanks for a schooling on the Antarctica conundrum.
0: Yeah, there's so many spinoffs and connections. Thank you for having me on um, anytime. I'm happy to help.
1: Yeah, pleasure. All right. Always fun to go down the lanes of woo with uh, various guests. I love the woo, guys. Don't you just love the woo? It's so much more interesting than the fake history they teach in the public institutions of indoctrination all right friends thanks so much for tuning in truly from the bottom of my heart we appreciate you so very much if you enjoyed this conversation spread it far and wide within your sphere of influence on social media and check us out every single day for free at sgtreport.com that is and will always be the antidote to corporate propaganda and all of those mockingbird mainstream media lies god bless you and yours bye-bye If you want to imagine a 15-minute city, just look at Gaza.
0: Gaza is the first, it's the prototype of the 15-minute city. It has AI machine guns mounted above the gates, constant surveillance, the controlled existence, the lack of rights, the lack of prosperity, obviously, the inability to even get sufficient food or water. They say they want globalism to eliminate war, because without nations,
2: you won't have war. This is what awaits us.